Star jump sequence terminates, Captain. Get the gravitational dampers online and open the blast aye, sir. Bring us in closer. Aye, aye, sir. Moving us in on sublight drive. Extreme magnification. Nice. The center of the galaxy. And there's our black hole. Experience of a lifetime, Captain. Let me put this on audio. You should be able to hear the magnetic resonance. This is it, ladies and gentlemen. The edge of time and space where the impossible can happen. Welcome to the event horizon. Good morning, or afternoon, or evening, whatever is relevant for the part of the world you are in. Indeed, welcome to the Event Horizon, where the impossible happens. Join us each week at this time as we delve into the worlds of science fiction, fantasy, and science fact in all your forms. I am your host, Gene Turnbow. And I am your other host, Susan Fox. And with us is the rather infamous cosplayer, Harry Crosland. Welcome to the show. Hey guys, how you doing? Mr. HC. Yeah, we are very happy to have you with us. So, uh, the I'm trying, first... I'm trying to figure out why I'm infamous, though. What did I do? You appeared in public as a mighty Superman from a different planet entirely. Right, and you've been you've been uh, you've been a public figure. You've been a very public figure on the East Coast. Uh, your cosplay has helped you in that notoriety, and uh, you are um, you are an important voice in fandom. Uh, and one of the things that you are uh, involved in that that really catches my imagination is uh, the twenty eight days of black cosplay. And that's uh, that's actually all this month, uh, month of February. Last year it was 29 days of black cosplay because it was leap year, right. which, which is a fun thing all by itself. But uh, so how did you... So how, look up that hashtag, guys, out there because you will see wonders. Oh, my gosh. There's oh, so much gosh, wonderful stuff. Wonders. <laughs> so how did you how did you get started with that and how did you get involved with it? Okay, well, well, how I I got involved um, and, and actually just sort of a sidebar before I get started, um, I w- definitely want to make credit gets to the right people um, as far as uh, my cosplay is concerned. Uh, the majority of my cosplay has been built by my wife. She's a graphics designer and just very very artistic and a lot of the stuff that she does so i definitely want to make sure that she gets the proper credit and shout that she deserves and her, na- um, and her name is oh G- um <laughs> gina crossland <laughs> great anyway as far as um, 28 days of black cosplay which this is now the third year um it all started with a young lady in texas by the name of chaka kamabach and um, there, there's several reasons why um, she did it and the rest of us got involved. And, you know, social media is such a wonderful thing. You know, getting on Facebook and meeting people all across the planet, you know, you, you're bound to find other cosplayers out there relatively easily. And um, her biggest issue has always been, um, it's been sort of twofold, and a lot of us have had the same complaints, that 
when you go to different comic book conventions, anime conventions, and uh, just see things that happen, not only there, but after the fact when the cosplay video, um, you always don't see a lot of people of color as far as cosplay is concerned. You always see um, a lot of mostly white, mostly female cosplayers, mostly youngish. And to be quite frank, you know, when you, when you see the videos and when you see the pictures, you would almost think that we weren't there at these conventions. And um, it's very disheartening when you see all these videos, all the pictures, and, and, you know, even sometimes just going to the con, and people are just, you know, all of a sudden surprised, like, oh, you, you cosplay, and, and we're like, yes, we do. And the one thing that she wanted to do with this is to make an awareness of, yes, you know, we, we are out there, we are plentiful, but more so that many of us are very skilled in what we do. Because um, that that's kind of a, another stigma that a lot of people haven't realized as well is like, well, yes, you know, because we cosplay, we shouldn't have to be stuck in some of the stereotypes of, okay, I have to do a particular cosplay because of my skin color. I shouldn't mm -hmm. have to be stuck in doing a particular cosplay because I'm a certain gender um, or age or whatever. And um, I kind of think that's apparent by the fact that one of the cosplays that I do is Superman. And yeah. then more to the point, um, quite frankly, um, even when we decide that we want to do particular characters, we don't want to be seen as being the black version of a particular character or, or the Latina version of or, you know, the, the, the male version of. We are that character. And a part of that has to do with the fact that for many years, you know, as long as there's been some kind of fandom around, as long as there have been comic books and things of that sort, you know, that's been the majority of the characters that have been created. And, you know, now we're at a point where everything in pop culture and fandom has become so much more diverse and a community where it's supposed to be more welcoming of its fans that, you know, those characters can't stay the status quo anymore. So when she came up with this initiative, a lot of us jumped on. It's like, well, yes, you know, this, this is a great idea. This is a great way to showcase so once we got started, another thing that happened, um, you know, especially I remember, you know, the first time when we all talked is that we were discovering that there were a lot of people out there that wanted to cosplay that never thought about cosplaying because they weren't seeing images of people mm -hmm. that looked just like them. But once they started seeing these images, once they started hitting Twitter, Instagram and Tumblr, Facebook, whatever other social media that you could get on. Once um, certain uh, websites started covering us like Forbes and IGN and so many others, then it became a catalyst of, of um, like an awakening, like, hey, you know, now I can do this because I've been self-conscious about doing these certain characters or I've been self-conscious about cosplaying. But now that I see so many people out there at different skill levels, now, I want to let my geek flag fly, and I want to be able to do the same thing. So, you know, that was two years ago, and it just picked up last year. And then this year, it's just like, it's, it's almost like an overabundance of people out there now 
who, you know, they're posting their pictures, they're posting their friends' pictures, and, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's gathering steam. And, and, um, you know, Chaka is, is, is like she's celebrated because, you know, this was her idea, and, you know, we're happy that three years in, there are definitely more people involved now than there was, um, three years ago. Well, and so much of it has to do with perception. You know, as well. Yes. I mean, uh, uh, you go to the conventions, and there are a lot of big ones around Los Angeles, and uh, you see all the fabulous costumes in the main, you know, the main foyer of whatever convention center it is, and uh, a lot of them have, a lot of them are full body covering costumes. You have no idea who, what color the person's skin is underneath that, right. and they take off their helmets, and about a third of the time they're black. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. <laughs> And, and, and you don't know that unless you hang around them and, and, and watch them long enough for them to do that. And it's, yeah. it's uh, 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 underneath the vinyl, you know, we're all the same, <laughs> really. Uh, Outside the vinyl. Yeah. I mean, a Deadpool is a Deadpool is a Deadpool. Right. <laughs> <laughs> How would anybody know? And and that's the whole thing, and and a lot of it has to do with the fact that you know, regardless of, of whether they're covered up or, or, you know, you're able to fully flesh out who they are, you know, it, it's still a point that we are still fighting for a lot of the respect mm-hmm. from the community to be able to be recognized, you know, as as hey, you know, we are just as skilled and we are just as talented and we represent just as much as everyone else. You know, and, and, and quite frankly, I have heard and I have seen photographers sometimes that will pass over cosplayers because they've made excuses like, "Well, you're not the you're not the body type I'm looking for," or, or yes, some of them have actually blatantly come out and said, "You know, I'm not looking for someone of your color unless you're portraying a, a, a black character or things of that sort." And you know, let, let, you know, let's let's be realistic about it. When you look at the history that we have in this country. And I don't want to get too political, you know, especially considering the, the, the climate right now, but, you know, just, just a point of history. We have had a really bad thing when it comes to, you know, our skin color and self-esteem. And it, it's, it's gone on for centuries. I mean, um, it, believe it or not, if, if anybody wants to go Google it, there's something called the paperback test. Whereas back in the at, at the turn of the century in the twentieth century, if a particular person wanted to determine whether or not a person of color passed for either black or white, they were literally compared to a paper bag. Huh. That that kind of thing has happened, and to a certain degree, it still happens. You know, there have been times where certain families would only allow their children to um, mix with and, and breed with other children, you know, dependent upon their skin tone. And, of course, you know about the, the skin lightening creams and things of that sort. So, yeah, we've, we've really had it rough when it comes to being able to look in a mirror and feel like, um, you know, we're proud of who we are and we're proud of, of what we have. And then when it comes down to cosplaying, you know, Again, like I said, it, it, it's a it's a really disheartening thing when someone says to you, "Hey, you know, you make a really great black version of X Y Z character." And many times I've had to correct people, say, "No, I'm not the black version of. I am this particular character." Or, or people try uh-huh. to figure out, "Well, are are you from this particular?" Unit? No. 
Right. They're, well, they're looking for just. They're trying to find. Right. They're trying to find ways to adapt what they see into their world space. Right. And you know, and I get that, but uh, I think the thing. You, you, well, you, well, first you, there's you know the authenticity mavens right. who think that you know everybody has to, everyone no. trying to do Wonder Woman has to look like Wonder Woman. Only, only, right. only, only they changed her look over uh-huh. the years. She used to be white, white, white with pink features, and um, these the, days she's shading much more uh, Mediterranean looking, uh-huh. which makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and and uh, you know only Japanese girls can play Jubilee and. Cosplay Jubilee and this kind of thing. Chinese. And Chinese? actually, the funniest thing is a lot of people still miss the fact that Linda Carter, who's probably one of, one of the most recognized actresses to play Wonder Woman, is Hispanic. Is she really? <laughs> yes, she is really. I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. It, it never occurred to me to think of her in 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 in, in racial terms. Well, mm-hmm. people Hispanic could be, you know, her, her folks could have been from Spain too. Oh, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Well, uh, I actually and got a chance to uh, talk to her back in September. Oh my God, I cannot remember now. I saw, but I saw the pictures, and and either you are very tall, or she is not as tall as she looks he, on television. He is. He is. I, I'm very tall, and she's about five foot nine. Ah, okay. So you yeah. must. That makes He's you very six tall. foot six. Six four. Six four. Oh my God! So you, when you put on, when you put on uh, uh, the costume and the role of Superman, he's got all the intimidation. He's got all of the power that goes with that. Well, it's well, it's not just a regular Superman suit either. It's got improvements. Mm-hmm. It's it's Kryptonian armor is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's ma- really magnificent. You, know, you see something like that walk in the room and it's six foot four, which is... Plus the, however the, much the yeah. boots afford him. Uh-huh. And uh, uh, you see that imposing sight and somebody wearing it who has the bearing mm-hmm. and, and projects that you, it doesn't matter. You, <laughs> that person is Superman, and uh, and that's what you do with your your costuming and and your cosplay. And uh, I that gets back to a point uh, you mentioned that uh, um, and black cosplayers have this issue uh, with uh, self-image and. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and and cosplay is one way to address that. Uh, and I think I, the comment that I was going to make was that that goes for people with other skin colors too. Yeah, and, actually, you know, that that's kind of the whole reason why a lot of people cosplay. What what is surprising for me is. When you meet people, and for many of them, it's their first time doing it, or, or they've been doing it for a while, and it's an outlet for them. It, it's it's a way to get out and be around people. It's it's a way for them to change who they are for at least a day, and, and to be able to to go amongst people. Because a lot of us, you know, we it's not necessarily that we have our own issues, but you know, when when it comes to social anxieties, when it comes to being around other folk. When, when, when it comes to being with people that you can relate to, 
you know, cosplay is one avenue that allows all of us for a short while to get out and, and be around like-minded people. Because, you know, you'd be surprised, like, like for a lot of us, some, a lot of people that we work with would never understand you know what what we do mm-hmm. um I've, I've actually um you know where i've been um i've been working with um the the veterans Assist, uh, administration for nearly uh 10 years i work in their uh, research and development office so i'm sorry people i i don't know anything about your benefits <laughs> but um i've actually just like within the past three or four years i've actually just started hanging up a lot of pictures around my desk you know me in costume with some of the um, people that um, me and my wife met as far as, like, celebrities. So it's always amazing sometimes when I have other people that pass by my desk and they see my pictures. And all of a sudden it becomes a conversation. Mm-hmm. Be- because, quite frankly, it's something that I wouldn't have thought about doing years ago. Be- because I didn't want anyone to think I was weird or I was strange or there was something wrong. No, I have a lot of people who, you know, at my job all of a sudden now are asking me, well, you know, my child wants to get into it. How do they do it? Um, what do, would they need to build or where would they go to get stuff? And, um, that, like, like I said, that's what it is for a lot of us. It's, it's a, it's a way to cope. It, it's a way for, for some people to escape. And like I said, for a very select few, it's a very big way for them to be able to be around people which they ordinarily would mm-hmm. not do. Well, and it goes beyond that for you in your case. You are actually uh, a rallying point in in, yeah. in, in fandom. Um, people know who you are, and you are. Uh, this is kind of an activism. It's it's a way of being uh, uh, culturally and socially active and aware, and to bring that cultural awareness to uh, to the people around you, to show them uh, different ways of looking at the the world that they live in and uh, and very positive ways. Yeah, and nobody's coming to Comic-Con to, you know, uh, throw rubber bullets or, or tear gas at you either. Yeah. <laughs> that's got to be a help, well, you, know, you know, but... Well, you know, that that's, that's the thing. It's... Um, Again, when you look at what's going on, pop culture, sci-fi, comic books, movies, everything is so mainstream now and it's so easily accessible for everyone that if you want to keep something like that accessible for all ages and all folks, you have to have an outlet and you have to have a way for everybody to be able to take part. Mm -hmm. And um, that's that's the thing believe it or not a lot of us nowadays when we go to these movies you know these, these big budget triple uh, a projects that everyone's doing like your deadpools your x-men and man mm-hmm. of steels things of that sort sometimes believe it or not no matter how bad some of these movies are a lot of us are actually going because we want to get ideas for the next great costume <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 people that's what the uh, trailers are for right <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You show yeah, but, you show up at the conventions, and the movies aren't even out yet, and people have the perfect replicas, you know, because they've got right, because the trailers done. show them enough. Uh, 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 the uh, the battle armor worn by Batman in uh, Batman v Superman. 
which I still think is a dumb title. It makes it sound like a lawsuit (laughs) rather than an action movie. Uh, And I I think it was probably titled by some lawyer. I should have said, I'd have called it Best Wonder Woman trailer ever. Ever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, basically. And uh, uh, the, the... opportunity is there to really uh, to really step up into it and own it and I think this is one of the important things that makes fandoms work uh, right. if if uh, if you make a great movie you can have uh, some great box office but you won't get a fandom in it unless there is something in that movie that fans can make for themselves to bring that fantasy world into their reality so that yeah. they can own it. If you can't do that, the movie will not, uh, a fandom will not sprout up around that film. It's, it's right. as simple as that. Right. And, and, and that's, that's been like the big thing. And it's not just that. It's also the merchandising. It's the toys. Mm-hmm. It's the t-shirts. Well, and everything yeah. else. I mean, granted, you know, love or hate what Warner Brothers and Disney has done for fandom these past couple of years, but it's almost like every time they make anything that we can consume, it, it, it's it's going to print its own money. Yeah, pretty it, much, going, yeah. It, right. I mean, you got to think how many uh, young ladies out there, no matter where they came from, their size, their race, their gender, um, all of a sudden decided they wanted to do the Suicide Squad version of Earth Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. Or, or how many guys out there saw um, Luke Cage and was uh, was chomping at the bit to do Luke Cage. Yeah. I, actually knew, I actually knew two guys who um, actually shaved their heads. <laughs> Had heads full of hair, shaved their heads because they wanted to do Luke Cage. Hey, it's a great look, you know. Thaddeus House has that look. He's uh, yeah. m- one of the writers for Krypton Radio, and he's he's built like Superman as well. I mean, he he could he could do a Luke Cage. Yeah, well, shaving your head no is problem. something anyone can do. It's not a it's not an ornate hairdressing. Well, that's true. Yeah, but but, but that is, is he's with, got the goatee. And yeah, well. you know, and he just you have to look twice to make sure it's not the guy from the, the well, series. And that's that's good for him, but if little scrawny guy wants to, you know, has the Luke Cage dream, God bless him. <laughs> he should yeah. he should just he should be just as quick to uh, grow his goatee and, and shave his head if he wants to. Yeah. But but that's the thing. It's it's sometimes depending on how far you want to go to bring out that cosplay and, and this is why it's very important for us, especially during this month, you know, when we showcase, because a lot of us will take it to certain limits with our fandom, and, and you know, some you got you have some people that are very ornate and they're very detailed with their cosplay, and then you have some that you know that feel like, hey, as long as I got the basics right, I'm okay. And for a lot of us, that's just fine because that's what cosplay is all about. Mm-hmm. And then the, the the biggest thing for many of us, you know, because, again, this is coming back to the whole self-image thing, it's also how it represents to kids because, again, the, the, the biggest thing is how do you how do you get kids in? Because, I mean, the, the adults already want, you know, if, if, if there's something good out there like, like Spider-Man 
or or uh, Ant Man or whatever. We're we're already one, but it, it's it's getting the kids, and that's one of the biggest things I'm noticing, especially with with Baltimore Comic Con mm-hmm. that they've done over the past couple of years. They've made it more family friendly. They made it more inviting for kids to come in, and they could be wowed by seeing some of their actual characters come to life, and and many of them are even you know thrilled or happy to see that regardless of who that person looks like that's a character that they can recognize i I had this one kid a couple of years ago he actually got his mom to track me down at awesome con wow so he could take a picture and the thing that she said to me was he wasn't looking for any old superman because he kept saying mom i'm looking for superman and you know she said i ran up to a few she said no that's not the one i want i want that one meaning me so he wasn't satisfied (laughs) until he got his picture with me and that for me that means a lot it's a good thing you were wearing superman and not bishop that day yeah well i've had i had similar things to happen when when i've done my bishop as well yeah but it, it it just means a lot in terms of the fact that you know we we are actually doing stuff now that we didn't get when we and that is being an, a, a real live embodiment of what these kids see when they watch television. You know, because um, when we were younger, the closest we could get to, to being like, like a superhero was taking um, mom's towel or sheet and, and tying it around our neck and praying she didn't catch us and beat our butts for dirtying up her sheets. And we were, we were able to just pretend now you got people that are building somewhere near the word of fully functional Iron Man suits. Oh yeah, lots, <laughs> lots of them. And it's this is it's actually such a big thing that uh, there are websites dedicated to this, and, and people trading oh, yeah. tips and tricks, and and uh, uh, there are videos on on YouTube about how uh, how they've motorized their suits or added lights and and yeah, but that's no good effects. for a ten year old. Well, that's yeah, that's true. <laughs> no, no, well, actually, that's true, no, but be surprised. Don't 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 sleep on the ten year olds. Don't <laughs> sleep on the kids because you, you got some kids out here nowadays. If they got the wherewithal and 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 a little bit of good financial backing from mom and pop, they are building some of their own cosplay. <laughs> Um, um, matter of fact, uh, last year when I was at Atlantic City um, Boardwalk Cos- uh, um, Convention, mm-hmm. which is a very good startup convention, by the way, um, there was there was a set of parents that had their son. And he couldn't have been no more about eight or nine years old, and they got him one of the best Predator cosplays I've seen. Period. Not 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 just for a kid, but just period. Just a, just a, you know, a half scale, that's all. Yeah. Itty bitty predator. Yeah. I have another friend of mine by the name of, um, Sam Gross. And, um, he and his daughter, they both cosplayed together. And, um, she's, she's done some wonderful stuff, such, you know, she's done Wonder Woman. She's done Batgirl. She's done all kinds of things. And it's, it's just a scaled down version of what we would see in the comics. And it's pretty darned accurate. And, and those two, they mesh well together. So, yeah, you, you can't sleep on these kids out here. <laughs> yeah, it's... You cannot, you cannot um, turn your back on, because... Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, uh, uh, I see a lot of of uh, new customers 
at uh, at the conventions. You know, right around the age uh, when they're old enough to go to the convention without necessarily having to have an adult in tow the entire time. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's when they start m- looking at how things are made and they make their own stuff and and uh, you know you with can whatever s- they've got with whatever there's, they've got. There's this batch of Girl Scouts. And at uh, Long Beach last year, uh-huh. and it was cookie time. So they had they were making robots and Daleks and things out of the Girl Scout cookie crates. Oh, I remember that. That was awesome. That was, they, they sell a lot of cookies. It was also cute as hell. Yeah, <laughs> but but <laughs> whatever you got, you know. Yeah, I'm yeah. Uh, uh, the, uh, They're going to be out there again next week. <laughs> yeah, probably. So, what's upcoming? Where's uh, what? You, what have you got on your calendar? Okay. Um. Well, well. First of all, let me let me do me have my own little site running, and that that's part of um what keeps me so active by the name of Pop Culture Uncovered dot com, uh-huh. and. What we're doing is every Monday we're running features um, of a whole bunch of um, cosplayers for for 28 Days of Black Cosplay. And we've gotten different people from everywhere. You know, we just asked for volunteers. Everybody submitted some work. And uh, we actually have our main piece that's going up on Monday. And every Monday throughout the month we're going to have something going on. Um, As far as the next convention I'm going to, I'm actually going to go to um, KatsuCon, which is um, here in Oxygen Hill, Maryland, over at the Gaylord Hotel. Um, a little bit about KatsuCon, it's actually an anime con, and um, while I will say I'm not as big an anime as I used to be, one of the main reasons why we all get together is um, outside of MAGFest, KatsuCon is probably like the one big time early in the year that everybody kind of comes out of hibernation. <laughs> let, mm-hmm. let, let me set it up for you. See, um, Katsukon is not held in like a normal convention center like most conventions are. It's it's in the Gaylord Hotel. So like most of the dealers rooms and the panels are, are held in like conference rooms. But the rest of the hotel is like open. So I tell a lot of people if you don't want to go to the actual con itself, like actually participate in most of the goings on, come to the hotel, hang out in the lobby because it's it's huge. The Gaylord is a, is a huge place, and if you if you do what we call lobby con, which is okay, I'm just going to basically hang out in the lobby. You're going to see lots of stuff. You could come out there all day <laughs> and, and have yourself a lot of a day's worth of enter- entertainment. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. So you know, and, and, and for for many of us, it's, it's almost like a homecoming slash reunion at the same time because a lot of us probably haven't seen each other since uh, like some of the local cons or maybe New York con. Any anything that happened like maybe five or six months ago might have been the last time any of us have seen each other. So this is a great time for us to reconnect. Some people got new costumes or. Um, you know, new new things going on, so it's just a way of catching up. And you know, we all we all tend to hang out. And also, since that's um, my birthday weekend, I also have like a little get together going on with um, some of my friends. So yeah, that that whole weekend, 
is is just it, it's one big party for us. So um, that that's the main thing. Katsukon, um that's been going on for a while, but I think it's been it's been at the Gaylord Hotel now, going on I want to say five or six years, and it's it's in the perfect spot. And what what, what makes it so great and so conducive for cosplayers is um, it's a very beautiful hotel. Um, if you're on the the bottom floor, there's like a nice um, garden type area where um, many cosplayers will go to, mm-hmm. to do photo shoots. As a nice large fountain area for a lot of group photos, and um, just all around. If you if you know where to look, there there are great places to um, do photography with cosplayers. And then um, there's another floor. I think I, I want to say it's on the third floor. Is is this little section where it's, it's literally just called the gazebo because that's what's there. And everybody seeks that spot to get some kind of pictures at the gazebo. And then you have to imagine too, because the way the um, the hotel is built, mm-hmm. um, it gets a lot of light during the course of the day, and the, those upper sections it's like marble floors. So all the ornate decorations mm-hmm. in the marble floors, it, it's really really good for for photography. Especially so, since you yeah. can't count on the weather. Right, right. Because trust me, um, the last two years—well, actually, no, two years before last year. We literally had blizzards that have come in right before the convention. <laughs> and people still came in. People trekked through the blizzard, the Kotokatsukon, and then last year it was bitterly cold. And in the process of, of it being so bitterly cold on that Saturday when I went, um, there was like a fire alarm oh. and we had to evacuate the hotel. <laughs> in the bitter cold, in the costume. Into the bitter cold. Most of us had no jackets on. <laughs> if you had Iron Man armor, you're in good shape. If you're, you know, a little little skimpy. Yeah, if you're t-shirt. dressed as Sailor Moon, you're in trouble. Yeah. You know. Oh, it was a lot of that. It was a lot of that. There's even a, there's even a rumor circulating around that there was a guy that was in the pool who had to get out of the pool when the alarm was pulled off and didn't have sufficient time to get clothes on. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Oh, that that bites. Yeah, that yeah. bites. So yeah. uh, the armor that you wear, the Kryptonian armor, is that? Uh-huh. I, I've been dying to ask you how how heavy is that, and how warm is that to wear? Is that it's is, not heavy at all? Believe it or not, because um, my wife built it out of um, believe it or not the upper the upper portion. Actually, I'm sorry, the lower portion. Is made out of um, foam yoga mats. The, oh. the the boots, the boots, and and the belt is made out of yoga mats. Uh huh. Part of the upper chest piece uh, is is done out of warbler. Uh huh. And the shoulder, the uh, the shoulder pads is made out of um, yoga mats. So it's very very light. And then of course, um, underneath of it all, I wear a blue. Um, uh, what, what did they call it? Um, skin suit. Well, I'm trying to remember. Was, was Morphe or Morphe? Yeah, it's a Morphe suit. That's what it is. Uh-huh. So, so yeah, like like, oh, like okay. tights, basically. Yeah. We were talking so, about your events, though. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I just uh, what, no, no. The, the whole the whole thing about the weather, you know, led me on to that. Okay. So Cause, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, don't go back to his cosplay. We gotta, you know. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. No, I, this, it, it, the whole thing about the weather. 
right. and and costuming in 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 weather that isn't meant for what you're trying to do. Yeah, and that, and that's what I was going to get to because that would have been perfect for last year, but what it would not be perfect for. There's an event coming up in April called um, Spartacon, and it's being held in Southern Maryland. Uh, last couple of weeks of April, matter of fact, give me one second. I'll pull those dates up. It's a nice yeah, it's time being, of year for um, it. Held from April 29th to, through the 30th, and um, it's called Spartacon because for and, and this is now this is when you have com- uh, comic conventions that are very specific to certain fans, and this one is very specific to fans that watch the show Spartacus. That's what I thought. Yeah. So that particular comic convention, well, it's not even a comic convention per se, but that particular co- uh, convention, uh, that's when you have a lot of us showing up in Greek and Roman and gladiatorial type um, cosplay. Well, that makes sense, actually. Very that's well. a whole section of... Oh, yeah. <laughs> we saw a couple now, of centurions and legionaries wandering mm-hmm. around in... Uh, other conventions these days and mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. then and and the thing is um is, is being held in april this year because the last this is also its third year being around and the last two years has been held in the summer which has been good because i mean considering for that kind of cosplay you don't need to wear a lot problem is this past year when it was done um early august because the heat <sighs> was so horrible Mm-hmm. I mean, we we got up to like 125. Whoa! Well, and the thing yeah. you don't realize about these cool-looking chitons and togas and you know tunics is that they were made of wool. <laughs> Even yeah. in Rome and Italy, you know that's yeah. wool, <laughs> and it breathes, oh, oh, but it's still wool. And wait a minute, here's the fun part: this this con is not held in a convention center. I mean, 125 degrees would have been no problem if it was done in a convention center. This is actually a con that's done in a stadium because mm. part of part of what the cell is is they actually have um, panels where um, con goers get to learn how to do basic weapons training. We have uh, gladiatorial contests where, you know, nobody actually gets hurt or killed or anything like that. And other types of things that are conducive to the show. And they want to do the best to give people like a somewhat near authentic experience of being in a, like a coliseum type setting. So it's held in one of the, uh, the little league stadiums in, um, in Southern Maryland. And um, it, it's really fun. And then one of the things I've really loved about this particular show is because they're able to pull in a lot of the cast from Spartacus. Hmm. Wow. Is it do they film near there or do they just is it just the off season? <laughs> that wasn't uh, a funny question. I'm sorry, I say do they film Spartacus near there or do they is it just the oh, off no, season? No, no, no. No. It, it well Spartacus has actually been off the air for a while now and and if people want to catch up they can still um, find mm-hmm. it on Netflix and I believe Hulu. And these, the, you know, these folks come all the way from New Zealand and, and, you know, from different parts of the planet to this little con. It, it's small, it's intimate, and then the best part about it is because it's of, of, of its size, you know, you, you can interact with a lot of the folks there. It's, it's not like one of those shows where 
it's so huge that you get like maybe two seconds with with a celebrity. Hi, how you doing? I love your work. Move on. <laughs> yeah, that's sad, yeah. isn't it? You know, um, I, there have been like a couple of panels we've gone to where you know it, it, it was done more of a conversation style type thing as opposed to you're just sitting there listening to someone drone on and on. It's 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 been very very fun, but like I said, you know, with with um how hot it was this past summer the the young lady that actually runs the show she decided to put it up to a vote to ask fans like well hey we don't want you guys dying of heat exposure <laughs> what should we do it so it was determined push it back a little early in the year when it's starting to warm mm-hmm. up a little bit and make it comfortable for everybody that's a good idea so especially if it's yeah, in a little I, league stadium they might have needed it for baseball Boys yeah. of summer yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, and and um, it's it's it's. Whew, what else can I say about it? But it's it's just been very fun to go to, and see a lot of people would turn away from shows like that because it's too small. No, some of those shows are the best shows because, you know, I I hear a lot of people. Well, I want to go to San Diego. I want to go to New York. Oh God! I've no. come. Ugh. I've come to realize especially after this past year of going to New York Comic Con. I could go to New York Comic Con every couple of years, and for the times that I don't go, I don't feel like I'm missing anything because it is crowded. It's, it's like it's organized chaos. Yeah, it's kind of... Uh, San Diego Comic Con is very much the same way. Uh, yeah. You, you go to the convention, and, you know, you've been to the... you've. Everybody's been to these busy conventions where you go to the the exhibit hall, and uh, everybody sort of shuffles around because no, there isn't enough room for anybody to actually take right. a full step. Uh, and the most commonly heard phrase is, "Oh, excuse me," because they've just if you're lucky. It. yeah, if you're lucky, because somebody has just mm-hmm. body slammed you by accident. Yeah, uh, at, but at San Diego. If you leave the convention center, it's like that outside, too. Yeah, but they've got mm-hmm. a, just concentric orbits of more activities. Yeah, and the you're probably better off at the other ones, yeah, to be honest. The convention takes over pretty much the entire city of San Diego. It really does. Yeah. Uh, it's like blocks and blocks and blocks away, there's convention stuff going on. Uh, yeah. yeah but, and while that can be exciting... There, you, you have this. You also have this feeling of hopelessness because there's no way you can see all of it, and you know there's something important you're missing, and you you have no idea what it is until weeks later. And you see it right. on YouTube, right? And you see it on YouTube. <laughs> like, oh man, I missed that. Oh, I didn't see that. Why didn't go in that area all the time? And um, actually, to me, one of the one of the more disheartening things when I went to New York this past year was on the first day that we went, uh, I ran into this young lady, and it was her first time going. And she came all the way from North Carolina mm-hmm. to go to New York Comic Con. Very excited. And she wanted to go to the Walking Dead panel. And the thing was, the Walking Dead panel was being held at Madison Square Garden, which is about a mile and a half, two miles away from Javits Center where the actual Comic Con was. Mm. And, you know, she she was wondering what she could do to to go. And I was like, well, you know, what are your issues? 
well, I hear that the show doesn't start until 6 o'clock, and if I wanted to see it, um, I actually have to get in the line that morning, and if I get in, I got to sit in there all day so I can hold my seat, and da 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 I was like, well, you're missing out on the rest of the show. You know, why Why do you have to see a lot? Oh, I'm a big Walking Dead fan. Me, me personally, I've, I've always felt like, honestly, I don't think I'm that big of a fan that I would want to lose out on half of a, a comic convention sitting in place for eight or nine hours just for a panel. Yeah, that's, that's a lot to do to a fan of anything. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's a lot to give up for one single peak experience. Right. Just, just to say I was in the same room with certain characters. Now, on the flip side, if I get to go up and interact with them, eh, maybe. But but if you're telling me I'm just sitting in a, in a room full of people and the only thing I'm getting out of it is I sat in an auditorium full of people just to see, you know, characters from the show on stage, more power to you. Yeah, I just I never I never quite warmed up to that idea myself. I mean, I've seen I've been to uh been to conventions where an entire uh an entire room was there to see a particular person and uh you know, that can be fun. But but don't shoot that, your whole day. Don't make the fans right. shoot their whole day. For yeah, it's not. Right. It's, it's when conventions get too big, you get you start getting things like that happening. And, yeah. Uh, so that's why Spartacon sounds so awesome. It yeah mm-hmm. it, yeah it really does. It's for, it's for an me, up close and like, personal convention. Yeah, for me, I feel like for a lot of these shows, it, I, I'd rather take low hanging fruit Be, because I I can tell you that. One of the experiences that I had dealing with Spartacon is um, at a certain point during um, one of the panels, I was able to do a complete group photograph with the cast members and the audience. And I, I'm one of those that, that's lucky enough to say that the photograph is probably the only one in existence that, that's been taken because nobody else has been allowed to do them. But, you know, it's because they've been so amenable to allowing those kinds of things to happen, you know, because of that personal interaction. Mm-hmm. Whereas on the flip side, um, when, um, we, when we went to New York Comic Con this past year, we were in line for um, over two and a half hours just to spend a precious 30 seconds getting a picture with Carrie Fisher. Well, well yeah. and that was worth it. That, that yeah, was worth it, but, that's, but because things were so organized, so unorganized, excuse me, we shouldn't have had to have waited that long. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'll take it, yeah. considering. Especially in retrospect, yeah. <laughs> but these people aren't getting any younger. <laughs> no, no, they aren't. They aren't. But again, you know, that again, this this comes back to the whole idea of, you know, when you have these large conventions. You, you, you know what, matter of fact, let, let me let me sidebar just a, a tad bit, too. Uh, one, one of the biggest pieces of advice I try to give a lot of fans who want to see certain people at shows, I try to tell them what you should do is you should really, really plan it out a year in advance. When, when you know that certain shows are coming you should really start looking at some of the show schedules because you'll be surprised, especially if you live in an area that frequently has cons. You'll be surprised at 
how sometimes some of the same people show up at some of the same shows. Yeah. Or at different shows in the same region because, like, for instance, where we are, you know, being on the East Coast, you know, we have Baltimore Comic Con, we have um, Awesome Con, which is in D.C., you have New York Comic Con, and then you have, like, a whole bunch of small shows in between in New Jersey and Philadelphia. Now, some of the larger ones may get certain celebrities and guests. And if you want to meet them, get an autograph or get a picture or something like that, or even go to a panel, you're going to get charged one amount. But if you look hard enough, sometimes some of the same people you want to meet might show up at a smaller show. Mm-hmm. And you won't have to break the bank to meet them. <laughs> good point. That's a very good point. You know, it, 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 because I look at it like this. It's amazing sometimes. Um how much people will spend or or would be willing to spend for some of us would not want to spend just to see certain people at a show. And um, I I don't know if you guys have been keeping up, but that's part of the reason why uh, Wizard World has been getting in trouble as of late because they started actually losing money on their shows. But a lot of us, you know, we've gotten together and we looked at it and said, well, yeah, because they charge so darn much. Yeah, Wizard World (laughs) actually had to cancel some of their shows. Well, they priced themselves out of their market, didn't they? Yeah, Yeah, I think they did. Nobody can afford $150 for an autograph. Yeah, but there's no, just bananas. Well, how is how is that different? Is it more than uh, creation conventions? Is calling? It's the, I think they charge oh. more for autographs than any other convention. Well, and, yeah. they and, may have uh, reached their limit, and I hope and they learn from it. And it's it. yeah, and and uh, uh, the Wizard World cons are largely just uh, autograph hound conventions at this point. You know, mm-hmm. it's like come come see yeah. here, come meet your star. You know, your favorite star, hundred and fifty bucks for. 30 seconds? Excuse me? Some hourly rate. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's... uh, And and what happens is that uh, uh, they overtap their market and and the the celebrities, they can't can't meet the promises that they made to the celebrities that they're, oh, you're going to make $20,000 a day while you're here. They Mm -hmm. can't make that promise anymore. Because they right. they bled their local uh, their local marketplace dry. Yeah, and then the thing is, it's it's like they they also started putting certain restrictions. Like um, I remember when Wizard World last year released their lineup for all the guests that they were having. They on, on paper had like best lineups at that time com- com- compared to Awesome Con. Because basically, almost every guest that they had there were guests that were either uh, cast members in in um, Captain America or uh, Civil War or the Avengers. But the problem was was their packages. Because my wife and I, we were looking at it. We wanted to go because like, oh wow, you know, Chris Evans and Tom Hiddleston are going to be there. Da 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 da. Oh no, well you got to read the fine print. One, Chris Evans. You want to get a picture? One hundred seventy-five dollars. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Like, wait, 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 wait! One hundred and seventy-five dollars." And I remember, not three years ago, when Chris Evans was was at Wizard World, it was a hundred. So how do how do you go from a hundred to one hundred seventy-five? Oh, but wait. Okay, well, well, Tom Hilston is there. Well, we want to get a picture with with both of them. 
four hundred dollars. <laughs> oh, but 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 wait, there's more. He's only going to be here on Saturday at this specific time, and you have to get your ticket at this particular time. Then you have to do a rain dance and then pray that the moon is at a certain point in the sky where it meets the sunlight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. One foot in a bucket, uh, yeah. juggling right. eggs. <laughs> oh, yeah, and it gets better. Is... You can only have a certain amount of people in your picture with you. And, and, you know, no. at this point, you know, you got to start looking at, 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 geez, do I want to do this or do I want to pay for my college education? Right. Or my, you know, this is this is crazy. I mean, at, this, right. at those prices, you can go out and write your own damn TV show and star in it. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. It's, you know, it, it's like it always comes down to, you know, what are we willing to spend? And, and this is the same thing with anybody that goes to a comic convention now. When you want to meet certain celebrities, because, again, the market is so saturated with, with pop culture and pop culture stuff, how much are you willing to part with to meet certain people, and then at that, are you are you really really wanting to part with that money, or you know, is, is it just nice to be able to walk past, wave, and keep it moving? Because that's what it's kind of boiled down to us. It's like you know, there's certain people that we can sacrifice because, hey, we're not spending that kind of money mm-hmm. to see folks. Oh yeah, well, and it's it's. Uh I think it's a vicious cycle. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I think that uh, uh, the market has become saturated, and that uh, that there is no way that this is sustainable, and that the bigger conventions are starting to hit the wall. It's yeah, just, it's just happening. Well, in the smaller conventions, are, depending on the smaller convention, I mean, we had one out here, a, a Comic Con out here a few weeks ago that just flopped over and died because. Yeah. Oh, which one was that again? It was, was the, uh, the, it, they called it Comic Excitement. Oh, yes, Comic they Excitement. they had, um, like, one professional cosplayer, whatever in hell that even means. A um, <laughs> couple people from, like, old Star Trek shows that aren't on anymore, and those were, and, and one comic book writer. And those were their celebrities, and nobody came. The, uh, they were so the they, vendors were furious. They they claimed they were going to have a ten thousand dollar prize for the costume competition. Oh boy! And this is going. Yeah, and they who knows if did that not, ever got awarded? We don't know. It, it, well, they they uh, uh, awarded it, but they never announced it, so that they didn't have to pay out that ten thousand dollars. No, prize. a guy won. A guy won. A guy won. It was like some some oh. kind of power armor. Oh, okay. But he, I thought it was going to be a girl with okay big garbanzos, but no. No, oh, okay. But uh, no, he's he's never going to see his money. And most of the people who who were invited to uh, go to that as as celebrities, they got they got stiffed. Uh, yeah. And this is starting to happen a lot. You know, people people jump <laughs> into this. Jump into this uh, arena thinking, "Oh my God, easy money! These fans will pay for anything. Hundred and seventy-five dollars for a, for a uh, uh, well, somebody an who autograph. Somebody who doesn't know the difference between a picture with Tom Hiddleston and a picture of, you know, uh, crewman number six is going to be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, anyway, uh, it's been a great pleasure to have you with us. 
you are listening to Krypton Radio. This is episode 158. We released episode 159 last week, so this is 158. We're backfilling a number. Uh, we have Harry Crosland uh, with H-C. us. H.C. H.C. Hey. <laughs> and uh, so Katsukan, go. Spartacon, okay. definitely go. Yes. And your website is popcultureuncovered.com. And I have visited the website, and it is magnificent. You're doing a wonderful job with it. You've got some wonderful writers there. And, I'm, and I don't write for you, so I can say that. <laughs> and I have to send them big shout-outs as well, because believe it or not, it's all volunteer effort. It's just that a whole is, bunch of fellow geeks. They have gotten together, and they've helped me out, and um, I, I can't thank them enough. I, I think the reason that they do is because you are a natural leader and a, a creative energy and, and a positive force uh, for good in, in fandom, and I think that's attractive to everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. And if I may say one last thing, just don't forget all, you know, again, because it's February, uh, hashtag 28 Days of Black Cosplay. Look it up on every little piece of social media that you can find. Um, and particularly and again, on popcultureuncovered.com. Oh, yeah. Very and nice again, article big, there. <laughs> big props to Chaka for starting it all and continuing. So that's that's all I got right now. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again, Harry. It's been great having you with us. All right. Thank you so much. All right. Good night. You have been listening to episode 158 of Krypton Radio's weekly production of The Event Horizon for February 4th, 2017. (laughs) Yes, we know they're out of order. Our guest this week has been Superman cosplayer and geek culture activist Harry Crosland, of the Geek News website, Pop Culture Uncovered. That's popcultureuncovered.com. We have been discussing hashtag 28 days of black cosplay. This episode will air again on February 5th, 2017 at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern, and two more times on the following Thursday and Saturday mornings at 4 a.m. Pacific, 7 a.m. Eastern. Once all the year times have passed, you will find this episode and others on iTunes, Stitcher, and on our own website at kryptonradio.com's podcast. We have been contemplating moving the premiere air date of this show to another time uh, so that more people can hear it. Uh, So stay tuned for that announcement, and we will let you know. Krypton Radio is nerd-supported geek culture radio, and while we do get some of our money from advertising, the vast majority of it comes from listeners just like you. If you enjoy hearing the event horizon each week, please visit patreon.com slash kryptonradio and agree to contribute $5 a month. It will help keep your favorite radio station and shows like this one on the air and thriving. If you are an artist, writer, actor, or other creator, and you would like to appear as a guest on the event horizon, please contact our production manager, Kat Carter, at catcarter at kryptonradio.com. The Event Horizon title sequence was written and produced by Gene Turnbow. The science officer was played by sci-fi illustrator Mark Schurmeister. The engineer was Christian B. McGuire. The navigator was Christine Cherry. 
and the captain is voiced by science fiction grandmaster Larry Niven. This program is copyright 2017 by Krypton Media Group Incorporated. The Event Horizon, it's sci-fi for your Wi-Fi.